Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to share this morning on something that's been in my heart for a little while. I've been really dwelling on the kingdom and what the kingdom looks like and what the kingdom of heaven is really about. And it's a topic that Jesus talked about a lot in the New Testament. It was a lot of his ministry. And I want to share this morning on what it means to be carriers of the kingdom. We are not only saved by grace, (laughs) loved eternally, but God also says, I want to make my home in you. I want to come and live in you. And you will never be alone and you will never have to travel this world alone. I want to live in you and with you and through you. This kind of kingdom is phenomenal to me. It's a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom of grace. It's a kingdom of power. It's a kingdom of redemption and restoration. It is all that we could ever hope or dream of and so much more. And he lives in you and he lives in me. (laughs) When I think about the kingdom for me, it's encouraging because it gives me a bigger perspective of life. When we have a kingdom perspective, we recognize that we belong to something much bigger than ourselves. We belong to something even bigger than our local church, family, and community. We belong to a global family, a kingdom family. And God has invited us into this privilege and this heart and this this very atmosphere and and I know that when we receive Jesus you know we're we're saved and we're going to heaven amen so we know where we're going (laughs) we know what comes after this life what an incredible promise but we don't have to wait until we leave this earth to experience heaven we don't have to wait until that day to experience the kingdom of heaven When Jesus walked the earth, he was the very manifestation of heaven on earth. So everywhere he went, everything he did, everything he said was the very outworking of the Father's heart and of the atmosphere of heaven being released on earth. So when he prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. He wasn't just praying that prayer for our benefit, although he was teaching us and teaching the disciples how to pray. But I believe that was his prayer. That in his life and in his ministry, heaven would be released. Heaven would flow. Because whatever he said and whatever he did, lives were changed. People were healed. Atmospheres were shifted. (laughs) Tables were overturned in the temple. (laughs) But whatever he did and wherever he went, the kingdom of heaven was released. And he's now inviting us into that same partnership, that same privilege. That we can not only experience the atmosphere of heaven and the goodness of God in our lives, but we can be the very vessels that he uses to pour his presence through, to pour his goodness through, to pour his love through. (laughs) 
Because he is still in the business of saving today. <laughs> and he is still looking to heal the brokenhearted. He is still looking to be the good father and to provide for his sons and daughters. He is good all the time and he loves to display his goodness. He lives in you and he lives in me. We are carriers of his glory and we are carriers of his kingdom. When Jesus talked about the kingdom, he talked in parables and he talked in stories and he said the kingdom is like a mustard seed and it's the smallest seed in your planet and it becomes the biggest tree. The kingdom is a kingdom of faith and faith as small as a mustard seed can change circumstances, can change situations and lives. And sometimes we might not feel like we are carriers of the kingdom. <laughs> sometimes we might not feel like we are able or strong enough. But that doesn't change the fact that what God says remains firm through all generations. What he says will be accomplished. In Isaiah, it talks about the word of God falling like rain on our lives. And just like seed is sown and it bears a harvest, you plant a seed and you'll get a harvest. We have gardeners in the house and <laughs> we've had stories this week and, and Facebook posts. But you plant a seed and you get a plant. You plant many seeds and you get a harvest. And in Isaiah, it says that the word of God is the same. What he speaks will bear fruit in your life. What he speaks will come to pass in our life. It will not return to him void. His promises are yes and amen. And I have been dwelling again on the promises of God. His promises hold so much power in them. His word not only is writing on a page, not only is something that you hear spoken, his word carries power. A seed contains more than what you think. Amen? A seed contains so much more than you can see in that tiny seed. You plant that seed and you get an enormous plant coming forth. <laughs> so his word and his promises are like seed in our lives. And when he says to us that he comes to make his dwelling in us, he comes to make his home in us, he comes to release his kingdom in us and through us, we can be assured that he is doing that in and of our lives. And I'm a big believer that every circumstance, every situation that we go through leads us closer to him. Amen? Everything. God is focused on our transformation into the likeness of Jesus, but he is also focused on the glory of his son in this earth. Jesus gave everything and he is worthy of all glory and God will see him glorified in this world. We get to be a part of that. <laughs> Matthew 5 verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. <laughs> there is more in you than you realize. There is more in us than sometimes we can understand. And while on our own we might feel like we can't make a big difference, together we really can. And I really feel like the climate that we live in, now more than ever, we need to know who we are. We need to know who we belong to. And we need to know who we carry. <laughs> 
because the world needs what you've got and what we've got. I've been dwelling lately on the fact that God has placed such a treasure in our lives and he uses us in our brokenness. He uses us in our weakness. (laughs) He uses us sometimes despite how we're feeling. But it doesn't matter to him what we're going through. He sees us in a way that is so full of love and so full of grace and so full of mercy and so full of kindness. He is constantly cheering us on and constantly pouring his love and mercy on our lives. Yet he's placed this treasure in us. He knows we're made from dust. He made us. Amen? He made Adam, he made Eve, he formed us from dust and he breathed his life into us, his spirit. His spirit is in us. He knows we're made from dust, yet he trusts us with his spirit. He trusts us with his kingdom. He trusts us with his heart. And it is such a privilege. I've been really dwelling this week on how in the world we live in today, there really is a battle for our attention and our affection, isn't there? Most spare minutes that we have are taken up by our phones, (laughs) social media, and it is something that is very common in the world today. But there is a big battle for what we will give our attention to, and there is a big battle on what we will give our affection to. And that is the battle that we face today. And it's not one that is necessarily seen so easily, but it is one that every single one of us faces and the generations to come. Yet we know that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we fix our eyes on what is, rather than what is seen, on what is unseen, things begin to shift, things begin to change. But it is still a decision that we need to make. And it's something I've really been challenged by this week. What I do with my spare time, what I do with my spare minutes, what I do with the time that I have in between things. God is always wanting to move in your life and in our lives and through us. But it is something that we have to say yes to. (laughs) He wants your yes. He wants my yes. He wants our yes. But in the world today, we need to know who we are. We need to know who we carry. Because your voice matters and my voice matters. When we first stepped into ministry, a very dear friend of mine called me and she said, Karen, I've just felt from the Lord to share this to you, that the Lord wants to say that your voice needs to be heard. I'm not naturally someone who likes being in front of people. (laughs) I know there's many in the house that are smiling at me right now. You're in the same boat. Amen. But that doesn't mean that God's not going to ask me to do things that maybe are stepping out of my comfort zone. (laughs) Because he is our strength in our weakness. (laughs) So when God spoke that word to me, your voice needs to be heard. I'm like, oh, Jesus, (laughs) pick someone else. (laughs) But the truth is, is that all of our voices need to be heard. Your voice makes a difference. If it's not your voice that your friends and your family and your colleagues are listening to, it's going to be someone else's voice. And who knows what they're going to be saying. (laughs) But your words can shift atmospheres. Your words bring hope. Your words bring healing. Your words carry the kingdom of heaven when you speak his life and his truth. Your words carry power. My words carry power. (laughs) 
And our voice needs to be heard in this day and in this age and even more so in the generations to come with what we're facing. We need to know who we are. We need to know who we carry and we need to know why we're here. (laughs) We are blessed and God wants us to live a blessed life and a happy life, but we have a greater purpose than that. We belong to a greater kingdom than this world. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for my life. But we need to know who we carry. And we need to know who we're releasing and what we're speaking. We have power in our lives. You have power. You carry more power than you could ever comprehend or imagine. We carry so much more. <laughs> I picture a little seed. We have, I have seeds at home. I'm growing microgreens. I've got my little microgreen garden and I love them and I water them every day. And Marty's got all his seedlings. We've got tomatoes growing and cucumbers growing. But these little seeds hold a little plant. But you think about the kingdom inside you. You think about the Holy Spirit inside you. In Romans, it says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Marty shared about meditating on God's goodness and on his word earlier. And I've been meditating on that verse, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And he is in you for you and for others around you. (laughs) He has placed so much in us. He has entrusted so much to us. We are his body. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his eyes. We are his voice. We are the manifestation of the kingdom now here on earth. Jesus carried the kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand because he was carrying the kingdom. (laughs) The kingdom looks like the king, amen? The kingdom is the king's domain. So he is love, it's a kingdom of love. He is hope, it's a kingdom of hope. He releases healing. All that he is, is all that the kingdom is. And he's placed that in you and he's given us a mandate now to continue what he began. He carried the kingdom, he released the kingdom. The good thing I really find when it comes to things like this is I used to sit in church and hear sermons on raising the dead and seeing the, the, the blind eyes open and seeing masses come to Jesus. And, and I would go home and I would climb into my bed and I'd go, oh, Jesus, how on earth do I ever see that happen? But the truth is, is that God will do that and he will release that. But We have this treasure in jars of clay. (laughs) It's actually not about us at all. It's all about him. (laughs) It's actually all about him. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed. We have this treasure in jars of clay. He doesn't expect us to be superstars. He doesn't expect you to feel like you have it all together. He doesn't need you to be perfect in any measure. We just need to shine who he is. We just need to release who he is. (laughs) The treasure is him. (laughs) The treasure is him. 
We can work on ourselves and we can make ourselves better. Amen. <laughs> and it's a good thing. Our husbands, our wives, our children are all thankful for it. <laughs> Transformation is a beautiful thing. But at the end of the day, the treasure is Jesus. The transformation process is just because we're becoming more like Him and able to shine more like Him. The transformation process allows the things in our life that don't need to be in our lives, the things that hold us down, negativity, criticism, judgment, all those things that are in the world. Transformation allows those things to be washed away so that we can shine even brighter. <laughs> but the light is Jesus. The treasure in you is Jesus. The treasure in us is the Holy Spirit, and He is alive in us. We are the body of Christ here on earth. We've been handed a phenomenal privilege. I went to a conference many years ago, and Jackie was there, and I think it was the first time I'd left our kids when they were tiny, and they were tiny. Balin was still a baby, and I think it was my very first weekend away. It's a scary moment for us all when mum leaves the house. <laughs> but we went to Queensland and went to a conference, and the one thing I remember from that conference was I went down the front for prayer, and this young girl just came and prayed for me, and I stood there, and she said, you feel like you're on the outside looking in, but God is on the inside looking out. And it shifted the way I thought. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't have to be anything or do anything. I don't have to try and fit in with whatever I thought was on the inside. It's just about releasing him. He's on the inside looking out. <laughs> and he loves he loves you and he loves loving people. <laughs> there are days when I wake up and I don't exactly feel like love. I don't exactly feel like hope. I don't exactly feel strong and capable. <laughs> we all have those days. We're human. <laughs> but the thing is, is that he transforms our weakness into his strength. Our weakness don't scare him. They probably scare us <laughs> more than they scare him. He's not scared by weakness. He's not scared. <laughs> he knows us better than we know ourselves. <laughs> and he loves us all the same. <laughs> He's not scared. <laughs> He's transforming us. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And this is Paul, and he says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. <laughs> I delight in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you, but... I try and avoid weakness. <laughs> I try and avoid difficulties and hardships. They don't really feel very nice. They don't really make me feel the best. I don't really look for insults and hardships. <laughs> Jesus help me still. <laughs> to come to the place where I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardships, in persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong because it is his strength working through me. It is his strength working through you. And if we never allow ourselves to be put in a position where we're uncomfortable, if we never step out of the boat, then we never activate that faith that releases the goodness of who he is. And we forget to see his hand at work. I could very easily step back in situations. But if I continually step back, I'm not going to see the goodness of God. I want to see his hand at work. I want to see him move. I want to see lives touched. I want to see lives changed. I want to see the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. (laughs) I was thinking this morning during worship, I was just lost in worship and I was just remembering of the number of years and times where I have laid on this carpet (laughs) and God has done in me some incredible things, some things that I could never have hoped or dreamed of. (laughs) That's who he is. (laughs) He can do far more than we can hope or dream and he wants to and he's longing to. And as we give him our yes and as we step out and as we recognize who we carry and the privilege of what we have, we'll not only see our lives changed, our families changed, our communities changed, but we'll see him take our little lives and turn them into something beautiful, something wonderful. (laughs) When I was much younger, I won't go into how many years, (laughs) but when I was at school... (laughs) There was a stage in my schooling where I was um, praying about going to a new school for my senior years and we'd made an interview with the new school and I was just not sure whether I really wanted to go. (laughs) So I remember my parents telling me, we had the interview the next day and my parents said, when you go to bed, why don't you pray and just see what God tells you. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So went to bed got my little Bible out, opened up my Bible, said, okay, God, tell me something. (laughs) So I was probably, I don't know, maybe around 14, 14, 15. Tell me something, Jesus. Flicking through, anyone done that? Flick through, flick to another page. Are you speaking on this page? No, hail and brimstone, someone dies, more judgment. Nope, not that page, the next page, another page. Nope, no, (laughs) and you keep flicking, and you get to the end, it's like, oh, Jesus, I found nothing. (laughs) But I was flicking through my Bible. I remember that night, I was just looking through my Bible and asking God to speak to me and say something. And you always hope there's going to be a lightning bolt, but there wasn't. But he gave, you Matthew, gave me Matthew 6, verse 33, and it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. And I'm like, that's a good verse, Jesus, but I have no idea what it's got to do with me right now. <laughs> but I closed the Bible and I went to sleep, got up the next morning. And I think my parents said, you know, did, did God give you anything? I said, he gave me this, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> we went to the interview and we're sitting in the interview And I'm sitting there just wondering why on earth I'm doing this or God, is this even the right decision or not? And then the principal who was holding the interview, and his name's Brian Hager and he's been such a blessing in my life. He said at the end of the interview, he said, I just want to share a verse that I feel to share. And it's Matthew 6 verse 33. And he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And I just remember sitting in that chair as this little girl and I just cried. (laughs) 
And he's like, oh, no, have I done something wrong? And, and my parents stepped in and said, no, no, you haven't. Karen prayed last night and God gave her the verse, Matthew 6, 33. And I knew in that moment that was God speaking. <laughs> Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But we have a choice what we get to seek in our lives. We have a choice where we put our attention and our affection and our focus. But when we make it him and when we put him first and when we delight in him and we let him delight in us, his kingdom just overflows all around us. <laughs> he is good, isn't he? He is good. Isaiah 45 verse 2 just as I finish. It says, I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. There's a light in you and there's a light in me that the world needs to see. We have treasure in us, even though we may feel like jars of clay. We have treasure in us that does not fade. It does not disappear. Eternal treasure is in you and in me. And God might be calling us to be a light in the darkness. I want to invite the worship team to come up this morning. I want to invite you all to stand. As I was praying this morning, I just wanted to encourage those of you who are stepping into new places, are stepping into new situations, stepping out of that boat, following what God has for you. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage those who are maybe going through hard seasons, dark seasons, challenging seasons. God has treasure for you. God has treasure for you in those seasons. He is the treasure in you and he has treasure around you. I want to encourage you, be the light. Be the light that changes the atmosphere. Be the light that causes the darkness to flee. Father, we want to thank you for your incredible love for us. And that you would trust us with your heart and your kingdom and your spirit. And we say yes to you this morning, Father. We say yes when it's hard. And we say yes when we feel broken. We say yes to you, Lord, because you are so good. And we can trust you. And we invite you to come into every space in our heart and in our lives. And we invite you to come and do what only you can do. <laughs> come by your Spirit and move in us. And take these little jars of clay, Lord. <laughs> and we ask that you would pour your Spirit into us afresh. Oh. 
Pour your presence. Pour your presence into us, Lord. Because you know what we're made of. You know who we are. And you've never called us to do it alone. You've never called us to have to be anything on our own. (laughs) So take us, Lord, and use us for the glory of Jesus. Take our little lives. Take our little bodies. Take our little hearts and fill us and use us for the glory of Jesus. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill our hearts, to fill our families, to fill our homes, to fill this place, to fill this community, to fill the atmosphere, Lord. We ask that you would saturate us afresh like only you can do. (laughs) We need you, Lord. We love you and we want you. We ask that you would shine through us. Be the light in the darkness. That you would use our words, that you would use our lives, and you would use whatever we have to give, that you would take it for your glory. And we dedicate ourselves to you afresh today, Lord. We dedicate our attention and our affection back on you. We dedicate our eyes to be fixed on you. Oh, Jesus. Fill us, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Speak to our hearts and minister to our soul and surround us and fill us. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And for those who you're calling out of the boat, for those stepping into new things, for those listening to your voice and following your lead and saying yes, (laughs) Lord, we just pray blessing on every single one of you this morning. We bless you. Lord, I I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are still a God of miracles, that you love to move on behalf of those who love you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are positioned and ready to do incredible things through our little lives. Lord, I thank you for the treasure that's in us. And I thank you for the hidden treasure in dark places. I thank you for the hidden people in dark places who are crying out for more and who are longing for more. And we get to be the voice and we get to be the light (laughs) to lead them to you. So have your way in us afresh, Lord. Have your way in us. Have your way in this place afresh. Oh, we need you. We love you. We long for you. And we thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted us with your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of belonging to you, being your sons and being your daughters, that we are forever safe in your arms and in your love. (laughs) Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.